into it. It's in James, the fourth chapter. Um, there, there's probably not a lot of us in this room that are into really, really gross sin. Um, but, you know, there, there's always those times when we sort of find ourselves kind of drifting, getting a little cool, and uh, needing to just rev things up and, and get back in our relationship with God. Uh, once again, I want to remind you, we're working our way through the book of James, so it's not like I'm I, I picked this out of the air because I think that there's one of you that I'm preaching to. I don't do that. Um, I just have a message that as we're coming along the way through the Word. And so it talks first about turning away from sin. And, and it says, what is the cause of quarrels and fights among you? Because from time to time we get into them. What is the cause of that kind of stuff? Uh, where does it come from? It says, don't they come from evil desires at war within you? You know, we are in Christ. We are forgiven of our sins. And yet there's times that that old selfish nature uh, rises up and, 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 the, and the sin that's still in our heart and will be there until we die. You know this word sanctification? Big fancy theological word. It means that, that God, when you first come to the Lord, God starts working on the really heavy, nasty stuff. But, but he, he, until the day that you go to be with Jesus, he's still got more and more. You know, it's like he irons out the big wrinkles first, and then he gets down to ironing out the finer wrinkles. But it always is there. And there's a scripture in Jeremiah that I memorized as a young child. And it says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it, or who can understand it? You know, here we are. You know, we're, 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 we're following the Lord. We love the Lord. And yet, Every so often, something flares up inside of us, you know, anger, just rage at somebody, or, or, or we get jealous, and it's like, where did that come from? You know, I thought it was over that a long time ago, and, 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 and there's this thing about the human heart that it, it, it's, it's, it, our nature is sin. The Lord's put a new nature inside of us, the Bible says, when we come to Christ, but one doesn't replace the other. Now there's the two struggling inside of us, and, and so, so we learn to... Humble ourselves before the Lord. Lean on the Lord. Go the Lord's way. You know, uh, Chuck Smith, the pastor in California, a long time ago I heard him preach. And, and he said, it, it, it's like there's uh, two dogs inside of you. One that's a docile one and, and, and one that's an angry one. And, and uh, uh, which is going to win because they're at war with each other. Well, the one you feed the most. And so we want to feed our new nature in Christ. And, and we're going to talk about that as we go on. Uh, it says in verse 2, you want what you have. So you scheme and you kill to get it. How many killed anybody this week? But Jesus talking about unjust anger. Says that anger is as bad as killing somebody. In Matthew 5, chapter tw- or verse 21, it says, Jesus is talking. It says, you have heard our, answers, our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to just judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you're subject to just to judgment. So, it's, you know, we're not going to run around killing people. But sometimes we get on our high horse and, 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 and we get angry. Sometimes we hold grudges. Uh, sometimes we, we, we would just as soon kill somebody uh, if we could, you know. Uh, sometimes our looks. You know, I, I got out of the car Yesterday morning, I was going to buy some flowers for my sister to take over to the house. And I get out of the car, and, and uh, uh, I, I get there, and, and this lady just looks at me like she could kill me. 
And it's like, I, didn't, I never met you before. I didn't do anything. She's waiting in the parking lot. She's mad at her kids. I walk across the parking lot. It's like I had no right to be there. Um, you know, we all say that thing, if looks could kill. Well, sometimes that kind of stuff's inside of us. Just a flash of hatred will come up. And it goes on and says, you become jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight. You wage war to take it from them. Now, it's not talking about war with a gun, but... You know, you, you, you scheme and you manipulate and you, and, you, and you con and you do whatever you can to get what you want. And, and, and then it goes on and says, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. See, here it's really kind of describing, he's writing to believers. He's not writing to non-believers. It's describing us as people who walk with the Lord, who kind of chill out a little bit on our walk with the Lord. We're not asking God for the things that we want. We're scheming to get the things that we want. We're not uh, surrendering to the Lord in humility and, and treating other people. You know, the Lord says to treat the other person as, as more important than yourself. We're not doing that. And, and so we're... And, and, and it says you, you, you don't get the stuff you want because you don't even ask for it. Do you, you ever find yourself at the point where you, your prayer life is just kind of dried up and there's nothing going on? Um, and, 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 you, and you go, how did that happen? You know, we, we just kind of drift and we, we cool off. And every so often we have to come back and just really make the Lord important in our life. You know, I get up in the morning and I, 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 I spend time in the Word. And it's always been my first thing to do is I read the Bible and then I pray. And uh, then I started reading the Bible on my cell phone. And, um, and then I would pray. And I was doing pretty good. And then I got this iPad thingy. And I started reading the Bible on my iPad. And then I pray. And then I started reading the Bible and then checking the news. And then I would pray. And then I found myself reading the Bible and then checking the news. And then I wasn't praying. And then one day I woke up and I realized I'm checking the news first for a real long time. And then I hurry through the Bible and then I go about my day. And and, and, and somewhere prayer got just left out of the thing. And it's that easy. It's that easy. And, and so I, I've kind of made it a thing where I'm, I'm coming back to, I, I, I just will not look at anything until I look at the scriptures. And I will not look at anything on the internet until I spend my time with the Lord just talking to him and praying. And, you know, uh, one translation of this scripture says, it more simply, it just says, you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. So we're looking for things. We're trying to get ahead. Uh, we're willing to hurt somebody else along the way. Uh, bad stuff. Bad, bad stuff. And, uh, and, and and we let anger rule in our lives. Bad stuff. And it, it all starts because we sort of drifted away from our love, our, our, our on-fire love for the Lord. You know, this collision CD, the kids are all so excited about having made it. And... Uh, uh, if you were here on that worship night, it was amazing. Uh, they, they, they reserved about five rows of chairs in the very back in the bookstore uh, for those of us over 60 years old. And everybody else was standing room only. It was packed. It was, it was amazing. And so much fervent love for the Lord going on just impressed me so much. Uh, I, I was so proud to be the pastor of a church where uh, this is going on, where Especially that our younger people are, you know, a lot of churches don't have any young people, and are, we're, we're loaded with them, and and uh, they're all up here just 
on fire for the Lord. And, and you know, you go to the Thanksgiving food thing yesterday and people just on fire for the Lord, wanting to do something to serve the community. Uh, whatever's going on down there at that block party, it's been our people who did all the decorating. When you see Kaneohe decorated uh, around the police station, the Ben Parker School, the fire station, that's us down there doing that. And they're all down there tonight hosting the party. And maybe it would be a good idea if we would go down there after we get out of here. You know, I might even preach short enough that you would make it on time. Um, but um, it, it's, it's being fervent about the Lord. It's being excited about Jesus. That It's the antidote to just about everything. It goes on and it's, it gets pretty fierce. Verse 4 says, you adulterers. Uh, you know, the Bible presents us as being married to God. The New Testament says that the church is the bride of Christ. The Old Testament says God's people are married to God. And um, so when it says you adulterers, uh, you go, what's that all about? Well, when we're, we stray off toward materialism or position or power or whatever, uh, we're committing spiritual adultery. We're putting other things first and we're not being faithful our relationship with the Lord. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. What do you think the Scriptures mean when they say that the Spirit that God has placed in us, that would be the Holy Spirit, is filled with envy? Interesting thing to say, that the Holy Spirit is filled with envy. In other words, God envies a relationship with you and I. We're told that God created humanity in the first place to have a relationship with us. And God is envious of a relationship. And when we are putting material stuff and other things of the world in, in, in the place of that friendship with God in our life, well, then we've committed spiritual adultery. And, 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 and God's jealous over us. God wants a relationship with us. Um, and then it goes on and says, but he gives us even more grace to stand against our evil desires. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. You know, you can tell you've, you've sold your soul out to the world when pride begins to take over. When you start to measure yourself up against the people around you and you come out on top consistently... Uh, you know you're in trouble. You know you're in trouble. You, 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 you've made the world and its cares and its views and its things that are important, more important than God, and you're in trouble. And it goes on here and says, but God gives grace. In other words, God will help you out of that pit and bring you back into relationship with Him. And it says, He opposes the proud, but He favors the humble. The word favor there. Is the, is the word for grace. He, he pours grace out upon the humble people. If, if you humble yourself before the Lord, then He's going to bless you and He's going he's to make good things happen in your life. Am I making sense? You know, there, there's, there, there's nothing wrong with being honored. The Bible talks a lot about the Lord honoring people and, and bestowing honor on people. What there's a problem with is when I seek honor. You know, um, Jesus, in, in, in one place in the Gospels, says that, you know, don't go try to sit in the important seat at a banquet. Because if you do, somebody's liable to come and tell you you've got to move and you've got to go sit at the, at the other end of the table. 
uh, go sit at the other end of the table first, and if somebody honors you by bringing you to the head table, well, that's a cool thing, you know? And uh, I remember when I was a young pastor, I was, I was a youth pastor in a church, and I was with this older pastor, and we went to this uh, luncheon thing. And um, it, was a, it was set up as a, a big room, and, a, and all the tables were set in a big square. So everybody faced everybody. But there was obviously where the main speaker was going to be, and he was a big, important guy. And um, so the, the, the guy I'm with goes, come on, let's go sit there. And I go, no, because I'm thinking about, you know, when, when I was a kid, I met, memorized the Gospel of Matthew. And in Matthew, Jesus says, don't go sit at that front seat because you're going to get it. And, um, and so, so, you know, he's older than me. He drags me up there. We sit there, and, 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 and a bunch of people come in. You know, the room starts to fill up. And just before the meeting starts, somebody comes up and says, I'm sorry, these seats are reserved for somebody. And we had to go sit there. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. God will honor you. God will bless you. God will cause other people to bless you. But don't get caught up trying to make it happen. Because when you do, you're putting pride first. And it, it doesn't work. It blows up in your face. God gives grace to the humble. He gives favor to humble people who are willing to just be what God wants. Verse 7 talks about turning toward God. And, and it, it's kind of a process. It says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Now, if you notice there, there's, there's five things that need to take place. One is that I humble myself before the Lord. I just told you my little story about just knowing that I'm straying away in my heart. I'm not praying much. I'm into the news. And so I'm coming back and making an overt decision. I'm putting God first, the first thing in my day. You know, I get my little cup of coffee in the morning and I spend the time with the Lord and I make Him the most important thing. Humble yourself before God. Number two, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You know what? If you put number two in front of number one, it doesn't work. If you try to resist Satan so you can just go spend time with the Lord, it doesn't work. You know, it, 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 you know people. some of us have got some more serious issues than others. I mean, there's people sitting in this room that have, that have struggled for years against alcohol, and they've conquered it. Or against drugs, and they've conquered it. Or lust, and they've conquered it. But you conquer it by humbling yourself before the Lord and getting things going with Him. That builds strength in you that you can beat down the other thing. If you try to beat down the other thing first, it's just never going to happen. You know, I can remember when uh, one time I was talking to a man and trying to just get him to accept the Lord into his life. And, and, and he wanted to desperately. He was a guy probably in, in his middle 40s. And, and, and he said, I just got to clean up my life first. I got to clean up my life before I can ask the Lord into my life. But it doesn't work that way. If you try to do that, you'll, you'll never get there. You got to invite the Lord into your life. You got to humble yourself and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Then you resist the devil. And you, and, and, and you start to clean up your life, then it works. Am I making sense when I say this? And so it says, first, humble yourself before God, number one. Resist the devil, number two. And he will flee from you. Wow. When you humble yourself before God, and then you resist the devil, eventually he gets tired of bothering you, and he goes and picks on some easier candidate. That's really what that's saying. He's going to... 
He's going to stop messing with you because it's getting him no good and he, and he doesn't waste his time banging his head against the wall. He goes after somebody else and he leaves you alone. It may be depression. It may be overt sin. It may be whatever it is. The key is humble yourself before God. He's just the devil. And as you stand firm against him, eventually he, 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 he turns tail and he goes the other way. That's three things. Humble yourself. Resist the devil. He flees. And it says, come close to God. And then it says, God will come close to you. So I humble myself. I resist the devil. The devil runs away. And then in, 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 in the midst of that, I decide I want to draw closer yet to the Lord. And the Lord draws close to me. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that says, if you search for me with your whole heart, I will let you find me. You know, God wants people to walk in intimacy with him. Uh, but we have to choose intimacy with God. And as we do, uh, things get pretty good and they get heated up really good. Well, he goes on and, and James is pretty harsh, you know, the way he writes. And he says, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And that's the issue. Our loyalty gets divided between God and the world. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Does this mean that God wants us to go around and just be woe, be gone, gloomy looking people all of our lives? I don't think so. No, when we find ourselves having strayed off into the into the, our value system is embrace the things of the world over the things of God, then we ought to, we ought to come to a point where oh, I'm bummed out about that. I'm sorry that I'm like that. And and, and, and you, there's gloom instead of joy. And then it says this in verse 10, and I love this. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. You know, the King James Version says, Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Here it says, Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. It, now, see, the, it's the exact opposite of where it started. The passage started with people who are caught up in pride, caught up in the world, trying to get ahead, get angry, you know, beat everybody else down so they can be somebody. In other words, I'm seeking honor. I'm seeking position. I'm seeking pride of position. And, 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 and it never really works that way. And he says, humble yourself before the Lord. Just humble yourself before the Lord. Let it go whatever way He wants it to go. And He'll lift you up in honor. So He honors people. God wants honor to, to come your way. Uh, but but He wants it to be on His terms and, and, and in His timing. Am I making sense? You know, right now, my wife and I are going through a thing where um, I, I told you about this a few weeks ago. Um, we came home from our trip and we have been thinking about moving to West Oahu because of her health since last spring. And we've actually been looking out there. Uh, we go to open houses once a month on Sunday. It's about all we can take. Uh, trying to eliminate neighborhoods. Just, you know, go check a house out and go, I don't think I want to live there. And we keep coming back to this one neighborhood. And it's fairly new. And, 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 and we get home from our trip. And it's the wrong time of the year to sell a house. And so we're going to wait till June anyway. And uh, we get home four weeks ago tonight, and we're opening our mail, and there's a letter in there. Some guy wants to buy our house. 
uh, we live on uh, in, in a townhouse on Enchanted Lake, and on and, and it, it's on the water. And um, then on Sunday we go to church in Kahala, and our realtor friend says somebody contacted me. They want to buy a townhouse in Kukilakila on Enchanted Lake on the water. Are you interested in selling? So now we got two offers, and we haven't even listed the property in two days. And so we had a house that we had our eyes on out there, and the price had dropped. In fact, we were in the open house when we just we just stumbled on it, and and the realtor's there, and and the realtor uh, is talking to us about what a great deal it is, and the lady calls him up and drops the price ten thousand dollars while we're talking to him, and so we told him about our timing. He goes, "This house will not be here in another week at this price. It's gone." And, um, but, but while I was in Israel, I went on the internet and I checked the house out and they lowered the price 2000 more dollars. So we thought, well, okay, well, if, if, if we sell our house, we'll buy that house. Well, we'd also put our name on a waiting list for a model home. And, you know, that's really hard to make the timing work and all that. And we were number five on the waiting list. And, and three days after getting these offers on our, or these interests in our house, this lady calls our realtor friend and says, um, the Moore's name has come up for the open house. And so we basically, uh, 13 days after we got home, have a contract. We've sold our house, and we have this other house secured, except that, you know, they do the home inspection, and then they find all the little things and whatever. And and because of the way our house sits, it, it's like a pole house, and water gets under there in the rainstorms. It has for 40 years. But the home inspector is worried that it might damage the foundation. It hasn't in 40 years, but he's worried that it might. And, uh, and, and so we're doing all these little things. There's other things he found. I'm fixing things up and doing things. And, and we're cleaning out our attics and, you know, whatever. And freaking out. Absolutely freaking out. I want you to know <laughs> that I am out of my mind freaking out over this thing. And uh, one of my really good friends, just to encourage me a lot last week, said, you know, you're really stupid. You told the whole church that God set this whole thing up for you. What if you don't get the house? Well, then the whole church is going to get to see that the pastor has to take it in the chin once in a while, like everybody else does, and love the Lord anyway. And so, you know, we don't know if we're going to get it. I I, I mean, it, it might all just turn to dust and... And if it does, it does. You humble yourself under the hand of the Lord and He honors you at the right time. One translation of this verse actually says it that way. It says, at the proper time, He will lift you up. Humble yourself under the hand of the Lord and at the proper time, He will lift you up. And so, what happens, happens. I'm just going to stand before the Lord and and, and in humility and honor him and bless him and let it be the way that he wants it to be. And, and I think in the end, I'll be the happiest. Am I making sense when I say that? Well, then it goes on and, I mean, James, well, he covers all the bases. Look at verse 11. talks about not acting like God. He says, don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you're criticizing and judging God's law. And when you criticize and judge God's law, then you're criticizing God who wrote the law. And you've put yourself either on par with God or above God. 
It says your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. Now, when it talks about the law here, he's writing in the New Testament. He's talking about the Scriptures. He's not talking about the Ten Commandments or just the Old Testament Jewish law. He's, he's talking about the Word of God. That if, if, if I'm sitting around nitpicking you and backbiting you and judging you and criticizing you, then what I'm doing is I'm, I'm going somehow... Because you know what it says in Romans, the very stuff you judge others for is the stuff that you do yourself. Have you, have you ever noticed that? That, that? that when we get all fired up and angry about somebody else doing something, it's something that we do ourselves. And we're, what we're angry about is that they're getting away with it and I don't. It's just a human tendency. And so we get all nitpicky and, 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 all, and, and he says, you're putting yourself right up there with God. You're criticizing God. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's a bad, bad, bad mistake. It says your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? What right do you have to judge your neighbor? Now, when we talk about judgment, we need to be a little bit careful because the the New Testament tells us don't judge lest you be judged. Jesus says, the measure with which you judge is the measure by which God's going to judge you. So, if, if, if I got some kind of a habit in my life and I see somebody else with a habit and I start poking my finger at them, then God's going to poke his finger at me in the exact same way, that's what it says. However, another scripture says that judgment begins in the house of the Lord. And in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, it gives a list of sins, uh, everything from from um, uh, people having sex with their father's wife uh, down to being disruptive and destroying relationships in the church. And it says when people act like that, that you should refuse to even eat with them, to talk with them, and you should in prayer hand them over to the devil for the destruction of their body so that their soul can be saved. In other words, if they're off into sin real heavy like this, then you give them over to Satan so that they're out of the protection of the church spiritually. So Satan can have his heyday on them until they hit bottom. And when they hit bottom, then they'll turn back to the Lord and and, and their soul will be redeemed. So there comes a place for judgment. But there isn't a place for nasty little criticisms. Am I making sense? There's a a place for honest to goodness. Hey, this is wrong. Stop this. This is destroying other people's lives uh, that that we have to embrace. But but what we mostly find ourselves guilty of is basically gossip. Did you hear about this? And, 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 And he says here, when you do that, you're putting yourself in God's shoes or you're putting yourself above God. And uh, not supposed to do that bad, bad, bad stuff. Well, our primary message here is to turn away from struggling with people, with possessions, with position, with power, and turn to the Lord. To humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that He can exalt us at the proper time. You with me? I think... I really think in a practical, pragmatic way
you can look at your life and, and go, how am I doing with all this? And the place to look is at your prayer life. The place to look is at, is at your prayer life. If your prayer life is almost non-existent, then you probably are, 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 are messing up in these other areas that it's talking about. If your prayer life is strong, then you probably have humbled yourself before the Lord every day of your life. And, 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 and you're right where you need to be. Now, I know that there are Pharisees. I know that there are people who get uptight and prideful about prayer. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that really love God, love their neighbor as their self, and are willing to humble themselves before God. Look at your prayer life. You know, we have not because we ask not. Uh, we need to be people who are asking and, and, and in the process of asking, humbling ourselves before the Lord. You know, every so, so often, if I don't find myself, you know, the Old Testament talks about this, lying prostrate on the floor, praying, humbling myself before God, flat on my face on the floor, then something's not really right in my life. It doesn't have to happen every day. It doesn't happen every day. But, 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 but every so often... You come to a place where you just go, I've got to just lay it all down, everything. I, I totally surrender to you. And when we get there, humble yourself in the Lord, and he'll lift you up at the proper time. He'll bring you to a place of honor. Is this good? Now, again, I doubt that anybody has got huge problems in this area that's sitting in this room tonight. But I think that all of us have a tendency to stray off into the world. And we need just to... Bring us back online. Bring us back on course. Bring us back where we need to be. I do. Let's pray together. Lord, we come to you tonight in the name of your Son, Jesus. and We thank you for the relationship that we have with you, that we know that was initiated by you. We didn't get here by accident. We got here because you called us into a relationship with yourself, into a relationship with these wonderful people around about. And Lord, we, we just pray that, that we would be the people that you want us to be. Lord, that we would live our lives humbly before you. Lord, that you could lift us up in whatever ways and, and, and that you want to. Lord, that we'll take life at your hand and, and we'll honor you for it and we'll bless you for it. Lord, draw us near to yourself. Help us draw near to you. Lord, because we know that our life will turn out to be what it's supposed to be. Bless us, Lord. Bless us. I'd like you to keep your eyes closed for a minute longer. and We're going to close with a different kind of a prayer. And it's a prayer that just simply says, God, I feel far away from you. And I really came to church tonight to try to remedy that. And the truth is, church is a good thing. But a church can't do it for you. You have to come to the Lord in prayer and tell Him, I need you. And ask Him to forgive you for your sin and to cleanse you and to make you into a new person. And what the Bible promises is that He begins to put His nature inside of you. That your body becomes a temple of the Spirit of God. And now you have options that you didn't have before. You can choose to do things God's way. Or before you just kind of lived life the way it came, now you can choose to do it the way God dictates. He gives you the power to overcome things that are destructive in your life. And it all starts with prayer. 
The only way it can start is with a prayer. And so I'd like to lead in a prayer tonight that just says, God, I need you in my life. And, and I want you to pray silently while I pray out loud. And um, if you choose to pray this with me, uh, I, I just invite you to, to pray. But I, I want you to tell me that we're going to pray together. And I'm going to do something that I learned from Tom Landeza. I'm going to count to three. If you want to pray with me on three, raise your hand so that I know that we're praying. I'm not just up here wasting everybody's time. Uh, if, so I'm going to count one, two, three. See three, four people with their hands up. This is wonderful. Good. You can put them down. Let's pray. You pray silently, but pray these words. God, I come to you tonight humbly admitting that I need you in my life. Life is much bigger than me. In some ways, it's got me on the ropes. And I need you. I know that I need you. And so I surrender everything that I am, everything that I have, everything that I hope to be. I surrender my dreams, but I also surrender my fears. I surrender my victories, but I also surrender my defeats. I surrender my sins to you and ask you to forgive me and to cleanse me. There's stuff in my life that just creds my life up. Take it away from me. I'm asking that you would come and live inside of this body and mind of mine. And that when I talk to you in prayer, that you'd talk to me. That I'd hear a still, quiet voice in the back of my mind. And I'd be able to discern the voice of God. I pray that as I get a hold of a Bible that It won't be just like reading a book or maybe I've tried to read the Bible before. It won't be like that. It'll come alive. And that the words will just apply themselves to my life. The words that I need to hear. I pray, God, that you would bring me friends that know you and make me better friends with the friends that I have that know you. And that they'll coach me and they'll guide me and they'll help me to walk with you. God, come and be the center of my life, I pray. Now, just while you still got your eyes closed, there's a couple things that I want to encourage you to do if you just prayed with me. Before I say them, though, I need to tell you that it's the prayer that does the deal. God answers the prayer. He's already answering it. You're going to know more peace in your life because you prayed that prayer. So it's the prayer that counts. But I want to encourage you to do two things. One is you know somebody who knows God better than you. You tell that person, I prayed with the pastor in church tonight. Do it within 24 hours. And then ask them, what should I do next? Because in that way they can kind of start to coach you and that would be a really good thing. That's number one. The second thing is my friend Glenn's going to come up here and tell you how you can get a Bible. It's the translation I'm reading from. It's very easy to read, up-to-date English. And the Bible that we give away it has a little section in the front that's got questions that people ask about God. And it shows you where to go in the Bible and find the answers to those questions. And, you know, there's not that many questions people ask about God. Everybody asks the same questions. And so it's pretty pretty easy to answer. And, um, and a little prayer journal that I put together to help you read through the Bible in a year and just get to know God better.
And so that's all free. It's a gift from the church, and Glenn will tell you how to get it. But um, thank you for praying with me, and God bless you all. Everybody look up.